Welcome to the original and the best Power Hour with Alex Burr and Dylan Hughes, members and podcast of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. JD, in the tradition of throwing a curveball, when you expect a fastball, you actually might have expected this curveball. This is going out on Monday, April 4th. There are going to be no NBA games that night, but there will be the NCAA Men's National Championship. I'm not going to lie, this curveball would have been about the Women's National Championship, but that's going on as we speak. Let's go, so, UConn. Let's, let's, go, uh, let's go South Carolina. Um, who do you got winning the Men's National Championship game between Kansas and North Carolina? Kansas. Agbaji. It's your guy? Yes, sir. Ski. I'm going, man, it's hard for me to go against UNC, but I think Kansas has got it too. I think. Hey, guess what, though? What? I had UNC over (laughs) Duke. Hey, JD. I I loved it too. Coach K, more like Coach L. Sent them off the right way. Coach L. Sent them off the right way. You know the only thing that would have been better. What would have been better? If if Bryce wanted Duke to win. (laughs) I think. I don't know. I don't remember if he had Duke or UNC winning. We'll have to ask him, but that's. I would have been. That would have made it better. I mean, anything I think he, he's for, I'm against. Of course, of course. I mean, that's so typically you, JD. But that's that's why you should never change. Um, we're here today to talk about NBA awards. We're not doing all of them. I wanted to split them up a little bit because there's a lot of them. And really, if we did all of them at once, it'd probably be what like a three hour podcast. Especially with NBA, like all NBA, I wanted to give that like all NBA and MVP. I kind of want to give that its own thing. Um, so we're, what we're going to be doing for awards probably, and I'll, we got to talk this out with JD more, but today we're going to be doing coach of the year, six man of the year, rookie of the year, most improved defense player of the year and all defense in that order. Um, and But first, JD, there was an injury. I'd say a pretty significant injury happened this week. Robert Williams tore his meniscus. He did have the um, shorter recovery time surgery, so he'll be back. Hopefully, if they make the second round in the second round. But, J.D., I felt like he was the one of the most important defensive players in this season. And I feel like his loss is like they're lucky he's only gone for four weeks and not the whole season. Because if he was gone the whole season, there's no chance they were making the finals. What do you think about the Robert Williams injury? I definitely agree. I think I think losing him. Depending on the matchup that first round, they could lose it. I mean, you've been saying you like the Bulls, you like Vooch against the Celtics front line without Robert Williams. Oh, I mean, man. but take, take take me on Bulls a thousand plus. You you would. That is a very typical JD opinion. But it all all jokes aside. Um, I think if Cleveland gets Allen and Mobley back, I think they could be a problem for the Celtics. Um, right now, the Celtics are 49 and 30. They're in the second seed. And right now, they'd be playing the winner of the first playing game, which would be between Cleveland and Atlanta. And I think Atlanta's probably not a team that scares Boston. I'm not going to lie. 
Like Trey is scary. Trey will give you a game or two, but he Trey's, not he not taking four versus Boston. Not versus Boston. I think Cleveland and Brooklyn can be scary. And I think Boston needs to win out probably to feel very secure in their position. Um yeah, I mean Tatum and Brown have been playing great. <laughs> I wrote them off on the Power Hour <laughs> on January first. I believe that's around when we recorded the Celtics Power Hour when Dylan was still there. And I'm like, this is the least fun team to watch in the NBA. I hate them with a passion. And then they became the best. Like they had the best record in the league that wasn't Phoenix <laughs> after January first. So, who comes out looking like an idiot? This guy. Any uh, last Celtics thoughts, JD, before we move on to the awards? No. I mean, we'll be, I think we'll be talking a lot about the Celtics when it comes to certain awards anyway. So, um, yeah, let's just get started with Coach of the Year. So, the way I did this, I, for the, um, all the individual awards, I did three candidates. Obviously, I have my first place winner, who's the winner, and then honorable mentions. I'll be curious to see. JD, did you take the same approach or did you just do like one at a time? I had candidates, but I tossed them all out once I really thought about a winner. Fair. A coach of the year is the only one I may bring up more than I, one name for. I, JD, I'm not going to lie. Let's, let's just go ahead and move on to coach of the year. I felt like there were 10 worthy coach of the year candidates, and that might even be selling it short. Like, I, who are some names that you like considered for a second, but just threw off to the side pile. So that way I could see if we're on the same page here. Um, geez, that I just threw off. <laughs> it's about to sound bad, but money and Spolstra. <laughs> I threw both of the number one teams off. Um, Crazy. Steve Kerr. Through them off. Um, I don't care what they record finish as. Doc Rivers was not even in my top 25. He was in top 29. Wow. Uh, I take Steven Silas over him 10 times out of 10. You'll take uh, um, Wes Unsell Jr.? Oh, easily. I'll take uh, who, who else? Is, there's not, they'll take Tim's over Doc? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, let me see who else I threw off to the side. I threw I threw a lot of people off to the side. Okay, these was the names I finished up on. Okay, last place, Billy Donovan. Okay, uh, um, Emil Doku. What's my What's my guy name? What team? Uh, uh, crap. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking of who they are, but I can't think of uh the guy name. Is uh, it JB Bickerstaff in Cleveland? Yeah, Bickerstaff. Thought of him. Um, uh, well, he was last. He was last, and then Billy move everybody up. Then. The reason I didn't do Monty Spo or uh or what's 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 the guy name? Um, Steve Kerr. Bud or Kerr. 
this was what I expected from those teams, which made me stumble upon Udoku the way that I did, Donovan, Bickerstaff, um, Mike Malone. I, I don't even like him as a coach, but I got to give him some love. Um, sorry, Quinn Snyder. Didn't think of you. Um, who else? Another. I thought. I thought about Nick Nurse. Not I Jason thought Kidd. about Nick Nurse. I thought a kid. I thought a. I thought a kid and nurse tossed them to the side. But then I finished with the one as Taylor Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins? That's a, I mean, 55 wins. You know, nobody expected this. Everyone expected them to be in the play-in again. With, with over 20 games without Ja. Yeah. And they beat the Suns without Ja. <laughs> uh, Full-strength Suns. And they and and we really haven't seen Memphis at full strength this year. We really have not. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think Taylor Jenkins is a great choice. He did not make my top three. And I have a couple of guys that you tossed to the side. Are you I have one guy you didn't even mention. So my third place was Ime Udoko, like you said. Um to turn around a team midseason like that, super impressive to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were 18 and 21, and now they're <laughs> what is their record right now? They're 49 and 30. So what? Just doing some real quick math. That's 31 and nine over his last 40. Like that's a 62 win pace. Yeah, are actually sorry, 64 win pace. So just incredible stuff from Ime there. Um, my second guy is a guy you didn't mention, Tyloo. Yes. Oh my gosh! You know he was my number two, and I couldn't think of his name the whole time. That's why I just went for my winner. I make sense, Tyloo. So we both had him in second place. That's funny, um, Ty man. Like, I think he's the best. Like, if he's not the best, he's one A in the NBA right now. He's so so good, and this team had no business winning <laughs> thirty eight games like they have so far. And yeah, like Paul George and Kawhi have combined to play 27 or 28 games. All of those from Paul George. <laughs> Norm Powell played like what three games there before he broke his foot. Yeah. They've been shuffling guys in and out of the lineup all season. And yeah, they're not 500. They're pretty damn close. Not shit. And, they win and, um three. If they go three and one, they finish 500. Which. It, even if they don't finish 500 and they finish 40 and 42, still probably one of the most impressive seasons by any coach this year. Just based on, and they have a top 10 defense, which with all the pieces they've been shuffling in and out of the lineup is incredible. So that's why he's there. I did have Monty as my coach of the year. And you brought up the expectations thing. They still have missed a lot of times from time from their stars, right? Mikhail Bridges hasn't missed any time, but Booker's missed some games. Chris Paul's missed a lot of games. Yeah. Like he's still probably going to be on my all NBA team because he's played enough to make it. But Chris Paul missed a good stretch for a couple of weeks there. And he's still like the team hasn't suffered, right? Cam Johnson has missed a good amount of time. Jake Crowder, DeAndre Ayton hasn't mattered. So that to me, like, do you, are you opposed to my Monty Williams pick for coach of the year, JD? No, 
I could see why. It was just for me. I expected them to have a great regular season. Like, I don't know. I, I expected them to be a top team. I, I felt, I, I believe I said before that they finished top four at the very worst, but I seen top two regardless. Uh, I said the only team that could shake it up was if the Clippers came in healthy. Outside of that, I always felt that them and Golden State was the two teams that was going to be running a race as far as the regular season went. Hey, we didn't see this injury from Steph coming or the Draymond injury coming. Right? Not at all. The Warriors got off to like a blazing start and then everything's really gone downhill since then. But like you brought up Steve Kerr. He's done a great job this year and I've not been the biggest Steve Kerr fan before. I'm not going to act like I've, you know, been the highest on Steve Kerr. I thought Ty Lue thoroughly outcoached him in 2016. But it doesn't change the fact that this year they've slotted so many guys in and out of the lineup. You know, the team is fine, right? Outside of Stefan Draymond, like Andrew Wiggins is fine. Gary Payton is fine. You know, the rookies, any contribution you get from the rookies is a bonus. James Wiseman hasn't played at all this year. He's missing the rest of the season. Yeah, <laughs> You know, you ha- like he's doing such a good job shuffling guys in and out of the lineup that I think... I think he deserves some love, even though he probably wouldn't even be in my top 10 for coach of the year. Um, you brought up Taylor Jenkins. I think that's a great pick too. Like <laughs> they've, they've missed a lot of time, not just from Ja. I think Jaren's missed a good amount of games too. Yeah, he has. And, <laughs> and Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Nobody you, talk about they, they, you know how I feel about Dylan Brooks. Mm-hmm. He missed most of the season, man. And we know that that was job number two. That was his partner in crime like the last two, three years. I have to say before we continue, uh, Jaron has only missed three games. So that was a little bit off. But Dylan Brooks, yeah, he's barely well, played been, this year. It's been recent then. It's, it's been the recent game he missed. He's Dylan Brooks is an all NBA defender. He would have made the all NBA team if he played, <laughs> you know, he won the play in game for them last year. I'm sorry. I don't think there's any other way around it with his defense on staff. I think he killed it in the jazz series and oh, they a- hated him. Donovan Mitchell went to him every play he could. I mean, he fouls all the time. He, you know, he led the league in fouls last year. Yeah. And and that's what uh I believe it was some trash talk between them and Utah and they was like he think he can defend and he left the league in fouls. He led the league in fouls the last two seasons. In five playoff games. Actually, that's not as bad. He only had 17 fouls, which is fewer than his average per game in the regular season. Yeah, it's but, just a little bit about four a game. I mean, JD, like, I, you're exactly right. Dylan Brooks missed a lot of time, but I don't hate Jenkins. Like, you could talk me into picking about seven different coaches for Coach of the Year this year, and I I would go with it because there's – I think the coaching this year, JD, and I think you'd agree with this, it's so much harder to find a bad coach right now than it is to find a good one, right? Like, who's who are the definitive bad coaches? I think Doc is a bad coach. Doc Rivers is terrible. I think – Tibbs is a bad coach. Tibbs, 
Tips is a bad coach. You know, I'm I love tips. I'm not going to make any judgment on Silas because they, they handed him an absolute dumpster they, fire. They screwed the last him. Two years. So that's not fair. Um, I wouldn't say Mosley or unsell their bad coaches until I see, you know, them with actual teams. That Wizards team was bound to fail. Like, even though I was exactly right about them hitting me over and I will take that victory lap. Thank you. Um, mostly, mostly. Orlando. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. As much basketball as I watch, the only time I watched them was when they went against the Bulls. And they won two of those games. Not a whole lot of people are out here recreationally watching the Magic, though. So... <laughs> I don't even think people in Orlando watch them. Probably not. But they hey, go they, to the games to see the opponents. They, I've watched the Magic. They've got an exciting young team. I can't wait to see. I like their guards. I, I can't wait to Wendell. see. Franz is really good, too. Franz. Franz they, got a ni- they got some nice names. I, I take it back. I mean, I like both the Wagner brothers. I like Wendell. And anybody that know me know I always love Markel Folks. And I love Cole Anthony and Suggs. Yeah, they've got like if they hit on this pick in the draft, then they might be contending for the play in next year. You you never know. Um so we agree worst coach in the NBA right now is Doc, even though they're currently the four seed. Yes, Doc Rivers. Listen, I don't care who they going against this playoffs. I believe the team can come back regardless as long as Doc Rivers is the coach. Yeah. I mean, probably not like against the Knicks. They'd probably crush the Knicks in a playoff series, but everybody else. Um, yeah, that'll be based off of NB dominant sand. Maybe Tyrese Maxey going crazy. Hey, Tyrese Maxey. Outside of, if you just leave it up to Harden and Doc, they'll lose. And Tobias Harris. Tobias, Doc, and Harden will lose it for you. That's, you know, hey, I totally respect um, that thinking. JD, are you, I think we've covered a lot about coaches. Are you ready to move on to six man of the year? I think that we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this one. We'll probably have the same exact guy for six man of the year. It was only one name. No, I didn't even have a number two, three. I didn't think of nothing else. So on three, let's just say it. All right. One, One, two, two, three. three. Tyler Tyler Hero. Hero. (laughs) I mean, it was obvious. Not close. 21 points a game off the bench. Um, Number one seed in the East. And every time one of their guys went out, he stepped in and was averaging 20, I think 26. Yeah. It's not close. Not much to say there. I mean, the growth to get back to where he was in the bubble on a consistent basis, I would say is remarkable. And I don't think anyone's going to talk about him for most improved. I didn't have him like on my most improved ballot. Those expectations. It's yeah. I mean, he killed it in the bubble and then had an awful season last year. There's like no denying how bad he was last year. So I guess, you know, in a sense, he didn't improve. He just got back to where he was his rookie year. But well, we got to watch last season and then say, this is what we expected last season. That's true. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great point. I think hero 
changes so much about like what the Heat can do on a basketball court. Absolutely, he, he's their best. Like I think, other than Jimmy, he's their best scorer. And I want to see what happens with them in the playoffs. Uh, they Heat have so many different ways they can go. They bench Duncan Robinson for Max Struess. Yeah, and, and I, I, think, li- I like it. Well, we'll see, right? Duncan Robinson at least is six eight. I like I it for I like it for the regular season. I don't know about playoffs. I don't know about playoffs either. I just I can't help but not trust Max Struess. You know, it's like you see Struess on the back of the jersey, and it's like, <laughs> do I do I really want to trust this guy, or do I, I want to? Because I, you know me, I watch Miami a lot. Hmm. I I like I like Struess and Gabe Vincent. Whichever one they gave that spot to, I would have been fine with. They're both good. I'm not saying they're not good. I just I listen. I have I don't trust Max Schroes. That's all there is to it. I want to see. I mean, they'll be playing the eight seed, so they'll probably honestly be probably playing Brooklyn one way or another. Nah, Maybe. Brooklyn makes seven. Right now, they'd be playing in the nine ten game, which would be which would make it impossible for them to get seven. Nah, they, so I'm telling you, watch, watch. They go, they go snatch that seven spot. Uh, we'll see. I do want to shout out um, Ricky Rubio. Who would have been in contention for this award? He would have made it a race if he was healthy. Rubio had a season. I love what he did. I love Rubio season. That was such a shame that he went down the way he did. Like Uh, uh, the Cavs have been so snake bitten just this year. And wait, can I say one thing about Cleveland? They were some assholes for trading him to the Pacers. I love that they got Karis LeVert. I just hate that they traded Ruby over there. Please, and I beg, I know this is a terrible organization, so they might not do it. But please get rid of Ricky Rubio, Indiana. He's he's a free agent this summer, and I think they. it sounds like oh, he's going to sign back in Cleveland. Oh, thank so. God. Thank God. Listen. He just deserved better. Until you said that, he, I totally forgot he was on the Pacers, technically. <laughs> he deserves better. I'm so, oh, my heart broke seeing him go to that team. And I knew he was never going to play a game there. But my I mean, heart my heart shattered. Rubio, just like his some of his stats, 13 points, six, 6.5 assists, 1.5 steals a game off the bench. Just... Incredible, but I wanted to shout out um, Kelly Oubre, a guy that doesn't get a lot of shout outs and definitely nobody's going to talk about because everyone's going to be like, oh, six man of the year. It's um, it's hero and it's not close and it's really not close. Yeah, but Kelly Oubre is averaging 15 points a game off the bench for the Hornets, shooting 35 percent from three. I mean, he's like after last year in Golden State, he's bounced back like in a major Tremendously. way. And I, if I he played have... like this last year for Golden State, he would have got re-signed. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there was different priorities. And then Kevin Love, another Cav. Um, <laughs> bounce, uh, talk about a bounce back year. Like, <laughs> just the way he's playing this year, providing the veteran leadership and mm-hmm. 13 points, 7 rebounds, 38% from 3. Um, that's basically all you can ask for from a stretch big off your bench. And and when Jared Allen went down, he took mm-hmm. off. Yeah. It, it, he took off. It was like every game marking and failed to give you 15. Kevin Love gave you 25. It's like the last 
So the last three seasons for Kevin Love, 22 games in 2018-19, 56 games in 2019-20, but, you know, a good amount of games. Even the season was like 67 games for them. 25 games in 2021, 70 games this year. And I, him being healthy, you know, him providing that stretched presence, I, I just want to shout him out because he's been great for Cleveland this year. Great in his role. I think that's, you know, I love when those superstars, those old superstars, like, mellow or Kevin love. Like they realize I can be a superstar in my role and they start playing that way. That makes like, it extends their career and they're going to get to like play longer as a result of that. And I love that. You know, I love seeing <laughs> guys who are all NBA get to extend their careers. Um, JD, I think, are we ready to move on to rookie of the year? Yeah, I think we might debate here. Okay. I think let's, let's hear it then. What is your, do you have a top three for this? How'd you go about deciding your rookie of the year? I think it was only two names for me. Uh, I thought of third names and it was Scotty Barnes, but it was really a two man race for me. Don't get me wrong. I love Scotty Barnes. I think he has been great for Toronto. Like he's a he's a third option. Like, don't get me wrong. We know Gary Trent Jr. as far as the scoring going, looks like he he got that role. But Scotty Barnes is Mister Do It All. He he got that role. Like you look for Van Vliet scoring and passing steals. You look for Siakam, Mister Everything. And then it's Scotty Barnes. With Gary Trent Jr., you just look for him. Try to be an aggressive defender because he plays aggressive defense, but he's not a good defender. But we know he's going to shoot that ball. And that's all you ask. So Scotty Barnes was my third. I think the Bulls got the sleeper of the draft personally and Ayo Desumu, but he didn't have opportunity to run this race. And it was stuck between Evan Mobley and Kay Cunningham. Now we know Mobley played most of the season. He been consistent all season. But I take Kay Cunningham. I think we had the same exact top three completely different order. Um, we'll debate in a second because I don't think what you're saying is completely off base. First and foremost, my third was Cade Cunningham. My second was Scotty Barnes. My first seven Mobley. I think all three of those guys have chances to be generational players. I think Jalen green has a chance to be a generational player. That's he cool. start picking it up. Yeah. He's like JD. They're all incredible. Franz Wagner. Incredible. Any other year. I have assume who's and they also different. Yeah, any other year, JD, you brought up Io. Io's in the top three of the rookie of the year. Any other year, because he's been incredible. He's not even like he, he does it all. He's gonna be on the back end of the all second team. <laughs> That's how deep this class has been. Like, I can't believe just how good this rookie class has been. I am absolutely enthralled by it. But let's let's discuss, right? So Cade. I think Cade has been the best rookie for the last, let's just say since January. Is that fair? Yeah. Like I think since January he's been I the think best. it and and that's why my answer changed to Kate. What have you liked that you've seen from Cade so far? 
constant progression. He started off slow. Similar to Jalen Green, they both started off pretty slow. But with Cade, it was like, I think you could tell when the game starts slowing down for him. The turnovers start easing back. The shot selection got better. And they started to fall because he was shooting terrible. But when they started to fall, I think it opened up his all-around game, which we knew he was capable of. And one thing that I think we knew he was just a big guard. One thing I love about this, though, I think his defense has improved. K wasn't known as like just, oh, he he's a solid defender. We knew at times he could play some defense, but he wasn't somebody you could say. He can go out there and get you four steals if you need him to. And that's what he, he's been doing that in a couple games. He was a good defender versus Philly. I don't know if it was because of his size being able to bother um, Harden when he was a Garnum or bother slow down Maxi or whatever. It, like He was just a solid defender versus a top team in the East. I mean, they was second or third at that time. So, I mean, and, and the tri- he's a nightly triple-double threat. You got some guys that you know that's capable of getting triple-doubles. Like, we know uh, some of the top, I'm going to name top stars. We know Steph can get you a triple-double. We know Kawhi can get you one. We know Paul George can get you one. We know Bam can get you one. But when I say a triple-double threat, nightly, I mean guys like Russell Westbrook, LeBron, Giannis, Jokic, DeJounte Murray. Um, I'm thinking of somebody and can't get his name. Harden. Like, these are guys on a nightly basis we know that can just do it. Jimmy Butler. They just found a way like Luca. Luca. They're just capable of doing this because they they just play so free and they play all around. They 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 give what they can. K when it started, we knew he was like, I right, he can get one, but now he's a threat to get one every night. And I think I think that that's a dimension that none of the other guys have, and especially because he's he has been doing it. Like yeah. Evan Evan Mobley can get you there with blocks. I think the Sumu out of all the other um, rookies has the second best chance because of how he play. But I don't like. Oh, I'm sorry. Third best. Scotty Barnes. Scotty is second. That I don't know how, but that sucker be getting some of the slickest assists. And it'd be like, bro, he don't you don't really look at him to pass the way he play, but he's a very solid passer. And they be slick passes. Where it's like, man, he gonna lose the ball. And it's like he just get it through just in time. This class has incredible passers. It has incredible defenders. Like, Cade all is around. Probably, 
Cade is probably like the 10th best defender this year out of this rookie class, which is insane because any other year he'd be the best defender coming out of the draft. Right. But you have Mobley and Barnes who that's, that's honestly the reason why I went with them ahead of Cade is because their defense has been so great this year and their teams are just, you know, they're winning, right? The Raptors are the five, Actually, the Raptors are the five seed, yeah. And the Cavs are the seven seed. Pistons are still, you know, at the bottom of the conference, but they've been winning games since All-Star break. They, like, I think Cade, I think Cade can be a transformational player. I think whoever they draft in this draft will fit because Cade is such a versatile player. I don't think it's a knock that, I, this is my rationale for, let's start with Barnes, then Mobley. Barnes can do everything. Uh-huh. Except shoot. If he had a jump shot, he's probably a top 25 player in the NBA this year. It's so wishy-washy with his shot. It's uh, he, he needs to get more consistent, right? He's only at 29% yeah. from three. Um, he is still, in spite of the three, he is shooting 49% from the field, right? That mid-range jumper he has down. But yeah. the, the three ball, not yet. He's like a Swiss Army knife, right? He can do everything you need him to. And those guys, they help you win. I think there's, it's not a coincidence. I mean, Siakam is playing great this year. Siakam might make my LNBA team yet. I haven't figured that out. Fred Van Fleet's been amazing this year. You know, OG's taking a step forward. Gary Trent, like you said. I think Scotty helps make it all work. And yeah, is he being asked to guard the toughest guy? No, but I think he can guard one through five someday. Not this year, but I think he can, you know, He's already getting towards that, right? The fact that he can do it a little bit is incredible. The fact that he can pass 3.5 assists is hard <laughs> for a rookie, right? Yeah. Like, especially a rookie wing, he's doing it. Um, 7.5 rebounds. He hits the glass hard. And yeah, like Toronto's playing a weird lineup where he's the de facto center, I would say. I don't know who their center would be. Like, if I'm being honest, I, it's I just say pass- Boucher. I mean, yeah, but he's not a like, you know, he's not their starter when it comes down to it. I think he's just been incredible all year to me. That's why I have Barnes number two. And Mobley, I'm just gonna say it now. I'm not gonna tell you where I have him. I have Mobley on an all defense team. He's been incredible to me. And I think that that's a level. <laughs> I'll take Cade's offense over Mobley's defense, right? But I think the gap between Cade's offense and Mobley's offense is smaller than the gap is on the defensive end. On the defensive end. The defensive end is just a massive gap that I don't think anyone's going to be able to recover from. We talked about it where I said I thought he's kind of like the new age KG and I my optimism has died down a little bit on that, but I still think he could be a transformational defender. And he was so good in year one. Like, what's the limit, JD? Like, <laughs> if he's this good now, how good can he be? Yeah, his upside is tremendous. I, I can't wait to see what he turns out as. I like him at UCLA. I'm USC. I like him a whole. I like him a whole lot. Him and his brother, honestly. I was going for both of them. He's real. He was really good at USC, but I don't think anyone saw this coming. I want to shout out um, Franz Wagner. Like I said, 15 points a game on 47% from the field, 36% from three played 78 games. <laughs> Just been an incredible rookie year for Franz. Um, Josh Giddy. He's only played 54 games, but 
that dude is special. Like you want to talk about a triple double threat? Eight rebounds, six assists on that Thunder. I team. like Giddy. Giddy's nice. And then you brought up Io, so I'm not going to mention him. Herb Jones, dude can ball. Like, yeah, his defense, man. He's the de- like, it's incredible. So, any other rookie thoughts, Shady, before we move on to the next award? I think we covered everyone, to be honest. I thought that was a pretty good discussion there. Most improved player. So, JD, who are the guys you were considering for this, and who is your eventual winner? It's the thing. I considered everybody. It's a lot of guys. <laughs> I, I considered everybody. This this was the hardest one for me, to be honest. All because, well, like, it's not really a criteria for it, man. Yeah. Improvement is in the eye of the beholder for this one. Like, to be honest, <laughs> somebody, my little brother had to convince me earlier this year I couldn't give it to John Morant. I mean, Caleb talked me out of that earlier, too, so I feel that. Like, and it was only because we knew Ja was going to be a star, but I'm like, come on now. We didn't see Ja doing this just now. But I give it to him. So it was like, it was hard for me, man. It was like, it was so hard for me because we could go new all-stars. Darius Garland, Jante Murray. We could go there. Then we could go almost all-stars, LaMelo Ball, um, Bridges. Miles Bridges. It was so hard. I, like, to be honest, this, this was one of the ones where I was just like, man, I don't know. Wow. I don't, like, I don't, I really can't put my finger on nobody. It's like, how can I say LaMelo when I expected this to LaMelo eventually? You know, like, it's hard to go either way with anybody so if I was to go anywhere like I even wanted to say DeRozan name DeRozan is a low key great candidate but I don't think that would have I don't think people would have gone for that but that's a exactly. great exactly it's like come on now come on it's not one that we can just just go and then I was like you know what if I got to give anybody name, this guy hasn't been an all-star. I'm going to go with Jordan Poole. That's a great answer. I didn't even think about him, but that's a great answer. Because, yeah, he's taken a huge step forward this year. I mean, I'm kind of jealous that I didn't have him in my top three. Because that's, that's a great fucking pick. I'm so mad at you. Um, <laughs> he's taken a huge step forward in year two. Or, sorry, this is year three, but he's taking a huge step forward in year three. And just real quick, JD, before I give my top three, if you're the Warriors, do you max out Jordan Poole? That's like a serious conversation they have to have this summer. I would say no. I don't think. Let's be real. I think he's great and a uh, uh, super amazing talk to the machine. 
but go they got money for another star. If, if, he- I, if I'm going to pay Jordan Poole, I'm going to trade Andrew Wiggins. There. So now you're in a dilemma. So I say, I don't think Jordan Poole really want to leave right now. Let's see where we can settle in with a decent number at and see where we can pull in somewhere else. I mean, because they uh, got they can pull in a superstar. And that's the only thing. Because they can pull in a superstar, Jordan Poole wouldn't get the money from me. Unless I'm going to trade Wiggins. Yeah. And like I'm just looking at pool stats. I haven't done it in a while. He's increased his efficiency and his shot attempts. That yeah. doesn't happen a whole lot. Like usually you take more shots, you start missing more. Nope. Not with Jordan Poole. And does some of that have to do with Steph? Sure. Like there's no doubt some of it probably does, but he's killed it without Steph. I mean, yeah. like he dropped like almost 40 on the Suns without Steph. Like at a certain point, we have to recognize how good he is. And I'm so mad that I didn't think of Jordan Poole. I, I, I hate you. Um, <laughs> my third guy is the guy you didn't bring up. I had Desmond Bain as my third guy. And I know second year players. Oh, are- I love Desmond Bain. You know I like Desmond uh, Bain. I know like second year players like, oh, they're supposed to get better. Right. But the jump from year one, Desmond Bain yeah. year one was like, okay, this guy's an eighth man. You know, this guy's going to be, you know, what? I, like, so the year one, Desmond Bain averages nine points a game. <laughs> You know, pretty decent percentages, 47% from the field, 43% from three, four attempts from three a game. You know, pretty good, right? This year, he doubles that basically, 18.2 points a game, like pretty identical efficiency on double the shots, right? All, like almost double, pretty like 7.3 last year, 14.5 a game this year. Um, he is making as many of his threes on three more attempts a game. <laughs> Like the jump from year one to year two has been astounding. And I think he and Tyrese Maxey are the kind of second year players you reward for the jumps. Mm-hmm. I didn't have Tyrese Maxey in my top three because I had your guy, a guy you didn't have, DeJounte Murray, as my second one. I bet you though. You did mention him, but I just think like the efficiencies improved from last year on more attempts. He's killed being the primary guy where I believe in it. Like, I know the Spurs have sucked this year. But it's not his fault. Not sucked, no. but you get what I'm saying, JD. Like, they've been below average at best. Yeah. It's not DeJounte. It's not the like, Spurs he, standard. I think he can be the, like, engine on a team. Like, he probably needs another guy around him. But I think you could win 41 games with DeJounte Murray as your best player if you have a decent team around him. And I didn't think that before. Was that? I would love for him. To go play with my favorite player again. DeMar DeRozan? Come on now. I didn't say my favorite team. I said favorite player. Yes, sir. I would be great. I don't I don't see how they the Clippers could swing it, but that would be I don't either. I think we had to get rid of Mook and I wouldn't want to do that. I don't think the Spurs would want to do that either, JD. So Oh hell no, they would. Especially after he turned them down in free agency like that. Yeah. But I ain't gonna lie. I just would love for him 
to to be over there. But Matt, I, would, his, I think they defense would be better than PG's, Kawhi's, and Pat Bev's. I would be great. I like. I do want to shout out Murray's jumper. Like he's shooting the same percentage. I checked cleaning the glass before we did this. He's shooting the same percentage as last year, but I feel more comfortable when he's shooting an 18 footer. I feel like it's going to go in more than it did last year. I feel like he's taking more. That mid range is on point. Yeah. Like, it, like he's not shooting well from three again this year, but he did improve his percentage, you know, up to did 33. Did you see the other night? I did not. What did he do? Career half from the three. I mean, if he can make start Six. making threes, he's dangerous. Six. I already like I think I have him in my top 40 next year and I think he might go higher than that. Like he's been incredible this year. My number one most improved JD, I think you'll like this one. He was a guy who I did not like at all, right? I'm not going to act like I liked this guy prior to this year. It's Anthony Simons. <laughs> I always like Simons. I ju- I didn't see it, but now that he's actually playing in Portland, I think he's the real deal. And so let's just look at the stats since Dame went down, right? When Dame goes down, like, I want to say that's like what, January, February, like right when you started actually taking over for this podcast. So January 3rd, January 3rd, his first game as a starter in that 27 game span, 23 points a game, 45% from the field, 42% from three on 10 attempts a game. And it's not like this was like a, you know, half season aberration JD he was playing really well before he wasn't starting <laughs> he was and just the jump from year three to year four we don't see that from guys usually you make the jump from year two to year three but going from 7.8 points per game last year to 17 this year I, I just can't think of anyone else who's improved more than he has like I didn't think he was an NBA player last year I didn't really? I, I thought he sucked and I'm like why are the Blazers investing so much time in this guy and I'm dead wrong and I, the good thing about me, JD, is I'll admit when I'm dead wrong. I was dead wrong about Simons because that dude, he can play. And I'm really curious to see what the Blazers. I think the Blazers are in a pickle now. I do. And I think Simons is the big cause of that pickle. Mm. Oh, no. I mean, just do what I've been crying for them to do. And the job will be a lot easier. Trade Damian Lillard. <sighs> I mean, I think Simon's. I think Simon's is a guy you could build around, JD. I do. Hey, just trade, Dane. I mean, that's the obvious solution at this point, but I, they're not going to pull the trigger. Um, any other thoughts on most improved before we move on, JD? Mm, nah, I think we 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 get that almost everybody. I think we. There's still a lot of guys that <laughs> that improved that we probably didn't touch on. But I think Miles Bridges was my fourth guy. You brought him up. I want to shout him out because he's been incredible this year. Um, there's just so many guys that got better this year. Like the league is in such a great place talent wise. It's honestly insane. Yeah, I, I love every second of it. <laughs> Defensive player of the year, JD. This one's tough. Um, I obviously went with Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to do that one. Um, he is on my list, but he's at the bottom of the list. <laughs> I will he's say. not on my list. I, I know he's not on your list. Who is your And that's top? not even personal. Let me, okay. I will debate Gobert, I'm sure, later. What is your list for Defensive Player of the Year? <sighs> Injuries really hurt my list. Yeah. To be honest. Injuries. It would have been Bam if he was healthy. I, I, I'm just going to say that straight up. 
He played more games than my original, so I gave it to Bam, honestly. Ooh. Okay, who was uh, your original then? Draymond. Draymond? Okay, yeah. That's my, fair. My original was Draymond. I gave it to Bam because of how many games Draymond missed. But I don't like... It was so tough because of the injuries. So it was like I got to kind of just take the one who played the most because Gobert didn't have that impact this year. Like, you can convince me of last year that he had much greater impact. Okay, I'll give you that. This year, no. Um... I thought Embiid did a good job, but Embiid not even top five to me. Embiid didn't make my second team all defense. So, Mads either. So, you know, I think it was, I think this year defensive player of the year was hard because of the injuries. Yeah. Like, I didn't even consider Bam because he just got to 55, like, or he'll be getting to 55 next game. And that to me was a deal breaker. Like, I'm sorry, you can't be defensive player of the year if you missed, you know, more than almost 30 games, right? I think that's for you. I understand, right? I'm not dissing your pick. Um, for me, I I just couldn't cross that bridge. So, for me, I'm go. Actually, you talked me off of Rudy though because I looked at their defensive stats, <laughs> and the Jazz are 12th, and that's just not good enough to justify having him on the team. So, on the all defense team either. So my defense, my third spot was Robert Williams. I, I knew I knew Robert Williams was on your list. He's just been incredible this year, and he's been transformational for their defense. I don't think they're as good without him. I mean, him or Smart is a great answer there. Jaron Jackson Jr. is my second guy. I'm not surprised by that. I, I know you're not. That's incredibly on brand for me, but he's been a monster on defense. And then my defense player of the year, you're not going to be shocked by this either. It's Mikhail Bridges. Like I surprised at all. The Suns to me are the most terrifying defense in the NBA. And he's the most terrifying defender on that defense. Uh, like he could do so much for your team. He can guard any, like any perimeter player. He'll shut them down. Right. He's not going to shut down Giannis, but nobody can guard Giannis. Right. Um, I think, like I watched him in person, Suns Bulls, right? I was at the as at that game. And just what he was doing to DeMar and <laughs> Zach, they were going to the other guy, the one that Mikhail wasn't guarding, just <laughs> so that the they could Kawhi have Leonard any, effect. Exactly. Just so they could have any chance of creating some offense. And he's in your airspace. But he, he doesn't have to be all in your airspace because it's, it's his freakish wingspan. And that to me, JD, yeah. like he's so good on that defensive end that he totally can take your best ball handler out of the game. And the fact that he can shut down your point guard, he can shut down your two, he can shut down your three. I think that's so valuable in today's game. Think about a lot of who the best players are. You have John Morant, right? Point guard. You have um, like Zach Levine and DeMar. Those two guys are wings, right? You have Trey Young. You just so many guys that Steph Curry, I think Mikhail Bridges is created in a lab to guard Steph Curry and does he shut Steph Curry down? No, nobody does. But I think he's so good in an individual and team context. I that, that just kind of swayed the award his way for me. I've I seen you going that way. I, I can't argue that though. 
I mean, I mean he wanna he want you know we talked about this off air plenty of times. I'm a huge fan of what he does defensively. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of him. So he's a great player. Like <laughs> I, I really I really do like him. So I'm not I'm not opposed to that pick. It's just for me. I think Bam just makes such a great difference for uh like I get what you said about uh they defense over there in Phoenix. I just think Miami I think Miami haven't showed everything they capable of as much one injuries obviously. But for two, we know Spolstra comes out with some elaborate scheme in the playoffs where it's like, okay, they, this is different, but it works. You know, like the bubble year, we didn't see them um, go zone at all in the regular season. And then they come out in the playoffs and they zone was like one of the top defenses we've seen the entire playoffs. So I, I just think um, – even though they had the injuries, I think seeing when Bam was in the lineup versus when he wasn't and the fit that he has, like just guarding one through five, I, I just, I couldn't, I could not go Bam. It's again, you're making great points. I think this is the most respectful arguments we've ever had. Um, <laughs> you're making great points and Bam to me, there's so many guys you could assign top five defender to. I think Bam's probably like a top three defender in the league. And he's, like you said, the linchpin to all their creative lineups they can do. I, for me, he's just missed too much time. And I, I respect where you're coming from. Yeah. I, just, I, I just can't cross that bridge. But I'm not hating on you crossing that bridge because, frankly, you know, a lot of guys have missed a lot of time this year. So... I don't blame you for like, everybody. <laughs> Simons has missed 25 games this year. He's not playing again this year. So, you know, I can't, I guess I'm kind of talking up both sides of my mouth, but I feel like defensive player of the year is a little di- bit of a different story. And I think that, um, I, I just really want to see <laughs> Bam in the playoffs. Cause that's a delight. I can't wait to see them try to guard Giannis. That's always fun. And, God, I should we just get to our defense teams? I think our defense teams are going to be great. Yeah. I think we actually we we might agree on these more than we maybe thought we would have. So, who are your first two guards on all defense, JD? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you kind of should know this. Yeah, I know who the first. I know who one of them is going to be. I don't know who the other one's going to be. I think you know both. Uh, I went DeJounte. Mm-hmm. That was obvious. And the guy that I was rooting for all last year, even though everybody talked about his shooting, Thibault. It wasn't. It wasn't really close to me. It was DeJounte and Thibault. This is funny because I bet you I have the two guards you have on second team on my first team. I put Marcus Smart on my first team. Marcus Smart is what I knew you put Marcus Smart on your first team. (laughs) I mean, and you can probably guess who my other guard. Do you want to guess who my other guard is? Um, 
Eastern Conference. Drew. Yep. <laughs> Those are my two guards. Those two. Between... See, between those four, you can't really go wrong with any of them. Like, for all defense. And they were... Those two guards... Actually... Yeah, I did have DeJounte as my second team guard. Um, You can't really go wrong with any of those four. So... I mean, why did you have Murray and Tybal as your first team? Go ahead and explain that for the people. Um, the Spurs not a very good defensive team, but Dejounte is like an elite defender. I mean, nobody want to dribble around him. Mm-hmm. You don't want to pass around him. It's like with that wingspan, his hand is literally involved in every play. And I mean, that's why I kind of hinted at wanting him to go to uh, play with Kawhi and PG. I just think that'll be like that. That now, see, when we was, you know, years ago when everybody was like, "Oh, oh Paul George, Kawhi, and um, Pat Bev would be like the old Bulls." No, I think that would be more reminiscent of the old Bulls because. You can't dribble around those three. So, I, I and then I think, like, with Thibault, literally, he just covers everything. Like, and he's he's an irritating player to play against. Like, you could just tell the way he frustrates you. Like, you could just tell when he when he guard uh, Trey Young. You can visibly see Trey Young annoyed. When they played Luca this year, you can tell Luca was annoyed. It's like he just he's he's always into you. He always knocking the ball loose. He just get on your nerve. It's like, dude, aren't you tired yet? Like, come on now. Like, let me inbound. Can I can I get an inbound? Can they inbound the ball? Like he's one of those guys. Like he just he's literally into you nonstop. So I, I couldn't I couldn't leave those two out. They they passed and they involved in every play and they literally ball hawks guys that are guard you ninety four feet if they have to. Yeah, like you said, San Antonio's defense isn't great, but that doesn't take away from how good Dejounte's been. And just like I don't think it takes away from how good Pardle's been, even though he's definitely not making the defense team. Yeah, um, especially because everybody, everybody gonna think he's not a good defender because he keep getting dunked on. But <laughs> what great defender hasn't been dunked on? And it shows a willingness to get dunked on, right? Like I think that's not being afraid of it is a sign of a great rim protector. It doesn't help JD that Dejounte and Pardle are like. 25 year olds, 26 year olds, and they're being flanked by 20 year olds. Right. The, who's the yeah. big, like, who's the veteran in the room now? Kata Bates Diop? Is it because Rudy Gay is gone? Who's the oldest yeah, guy they Rudy have on Gay that gone. roster? <laughs> I actually don't know. Um, Doug McDermott? <laughs> it, I, it has to be Doug McDermott. Who else could it be? Like, yeah. It's my boy Dougie Fresh. Let's, I'm, I'm actually checking right now because I'm curious. Um, it is Doug McDermott, then Josh Richardson is not is a year younger than Doug. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's 
they their oldest guy just turned 30 in January. So yeah, they're playing a bunch of young guys who have no experience, right? Kata Bates Diab has only been in the league for three years and he's one of the oldest guys in this roster. So it's they're bound to have a bad defense, right? Once those guys figure it out, slash they get a big four. I think everything will fall into place and their defense will go back to where it was, especially since Pop is a great defensive coach. Um, yeah, because Kelton Johnson can't keep being a four. Right. I, I myself couldn't justify having DeJounte on the first team um, just because of how bad their defense is, but I, he's still been incredible. So that's why I have him on second team. As for Tybal, it's more of a matter of personal taste. I think Drew allows Milwaukee to do a lot of crazy <laughs> things on defense. And I think Marcus Smart, okay. Loki, Loki was a defensive player of the year candidate. Like he probably should be considered more seriously than either of us considered him, honestly. And I, I think I love, I love Marcus Smart on defense. He's like, he's been incredible this year. And I'm assuming, do you have both those guys on your second team or do you not have Drew on there? I don't have Drew. I figured you wouldn't have Drew. As much as I love Drew, I didn't have Drew this year, partially because I felt that uh, with, with, when Drew was missing games, I felt he would come back and he'll be more last on defense. And then when other guys miss games, I think we've seen Philadelphia Drew come back where he was just uh, all out dog on offense. Fair. So I, I feel he just gave not, not gave up on defense. I think his role was changing a little to the point where I couldn't hold him to the same standard as I did last season on defense. I mean, hey, I can't disagree with you, even though I have him on my first team, you know, you're entitled to your opinions. I'm entitled to mine, but I think it's interesting that we have very different defense teams. Um, forwards. JD is Mikhail Bridges one of your first team defense forwards? Come on now. Yes, obviously. Obviously, we spent a lot of time talking about him. Who's your other defense team forward? My second favorite player, Jimmy Butler. I did not have Jimmy on the team this year. It was a hard cut. It was for me. It was his impact when um, Bam was going. It was like Jimmy was literally guarding any and everybody and forcing stops. Like, and we know Jimmy always going to be one of the top guys in steals. I think it just meant a lot more because him and Bam both would miss time and the other would become like just like they so superior defensively. It was like watching them take turns just showing that they was all all elite defenders. Yeah. And I listen, I don't think it's a bad pick. I didn't leave I left Jimmy off my team, but I was a hard cut. You know, I think there's a lot of I think forward was the hardest defense position for this group. I think there were about six to seven forwards you could have gone with that I wouldn't have been mad at. And I did have Jaron Jackson as my other forward. Um, no surprise. He's he's just been incredible this year. He's taken away everything at the rim, and the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies. He, I I did think it's funny, JD. 
you brought up Draymond. You had Bam as your defensive player of the year. I had Rob Williams, Jaron Jackson, Mikhail Bridges. Those are the top five defenses in the NBA. And I, I'm just glad, you know, mm-hmm. somehow, some way we all like our top five was well represented with like the top five defenses in the NBA. I, I'm just glad that that's how that worked. Um, who is your first team center? Was it Bam? I'm guessing it had to be Bam. It had to be Bam. It had to be Bam. That's no surprise there. I had Bam as my second team center. And I couldn't justify leaving him off the team. I couldn't. But I, I, the game's played again. Rob Williams is at 61. And he's my first team center. I just think, you know, it's fewer games missed. He turned around the Celtics season. He's missing appreciably less time. And like in the grand scheme, I think I just would go with Rob Williams, but I'm not blaming you for Bam. Second team guards. So you have Marcus Smart for one. Who's your other second team guard? Somebody we recently test about. Hmm. Western Conference. Western Conference. So this is clearly... Uh, is it? It's not. It's Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly. Yes. That's interesting. I. You know who I actually thought about. I think this will be a good discussion. Not to take anything away from Beverly. I thought about D'Angelo Russell for a guard spot. He's like yeah. they've both been really good this year on defense. Yeah, I think I think a big part of um, D'Lo came from Pat Bell. So I had I, I gave I had to give Pat Bell credit there. I think he, like I said before, he just unleashed something in that team. Well, I think they just more like they just more competitive. They like I mean hell, we watching Carl Anthony Towns talk talk trash. He didn't do that with Jimmy, and we know Jimmy a bit trash talker, but he's doing it with Pat Bell. Room. Pat Bev is a culture changer, and right now, like I'm pulling up, I'm cleaning the glass again. Right now, their defense, I want to say, is like 10th. Their defense is 11th, and it's 0.4 points per 100 worse than the Clippers. So they're like neck and neck with the Clippers for top 10 defense. Yeah, they, man, I can't, I can't not give Pat Bev his credit. Clip or Minnesota Timberwolves, by the way. Seventh, seventh best point differential in the league could be dangerous. I, they've had an incredible year, and I, I honestly wanted to put Vanderbilt on as one of my forwards. Um, I know I you did. I didn't. That's go, the name that I thought of too. I didn't go through with it, but he's been really great on defense for them this year. I'm gonna go ahead and just go with my two second team forwards. I already told you Evan Mobley was on my all defense team, so this is where he slots in. And then I had Herb Jones as my other forward. I, I knew you did. I mean, here's the <laughs> thing. Like, just looking at their their starting five, right? So they're starting – I don't even know. They're starting Devontae Graham, CJ McCollum. They're starting Jonas Valanciunas and Brandon Ingram. None of those guys are good defenders. I would say – B.I., B.I. at He times. can be. He can at be. T- at times, B.I. a solid defender. But – CJ is not a good defender. Devontae Graham's not a good defender. The Alvarado yeah. kids, he's a pretty good defender, but 
for some reason he's only playing, you know, a certain amount of minutes a game. Um, I think Herb Jones, what he's doing for that defense, there's no way that defense should be league average, right? <laughs> right now, yeah. New Orleans has the 16th ranked defense. <laughs> and they're, like, there's just no way their defense should be this good. And I think a lot of it has to do with Herb Jones. He's come in and just been absolutely incredible for the Pelicans. And I, I just can't believe it, like, how good these rookies have been. Io, honestly... I should have considered him for a guard spot on the second team all defense. Like that's how good he's been. But yeah, like Herb Jones deserves a lot of credit for the Pelicans being average on defense. If they could add some pieces around him this summer around him, like he's the building block, but uh, like if they can add some like defensive pieces, I mean, honestly, if they kept Josh Hart, I would have like loved the direction of the Pelicans, but JD, how have you liked what you've seen from Herb Jones so far? Like, am I crazy for this? <laughs> I wanted them to keep um, Josh Hart. You know, I was upset that they traded him. Mm-hmm. CJ's been incredible for them, though. Yeah, I love uh, what CJ been doing for them. I just feel they should have did more to keep Josh Hart. That's that's how much I like Josh Hart for that team. Hey, Josh Hart's going to help uh, facilitate the next rebuild in Portland around Anthony Simon. So. I still don't like it. Better be careful there. Um, JD, who is your, who are your second team forwards? Cause I think you're going to have two completely different guys than me. And I won't, I won't be mad at either of your picks. I'm guessing. Um, one of them is somebody that you actually mentioned to me a while ago. And at first, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have made my team if everybody was healthy. But because of everybody not being healthy and what his team has done, it was no way I could leave him off. Jason Tatum. It's a good choice. I had to put uh, Tatum on there. Then um, I said this guy name already. Injuries is why he's not my defensive player of the year. But I couldn't leave him off all defense, too. Draymond. It's just tough, man. But I can't, I can't fault you for wanting to have him on your team. That's, I just can't. He's probably, like, I mean, is he the best defensive player in the league at this point? Am I crazy for it, saying that? This year, I absolutely was. And I, I feel like I learned something every time I watch Draymond play defense. And I just, I learn how to, like, watch NBA defense from him. But 41 games is tough. Or 42, sorry. He'll probably finish the season with like what 45, 46. That's that's like that's tough for me, but I understand where you're coming from. I'm not gonna hate on you, <laughs> you know, for not having the same standards that I have. You know what I mean? So what have you seen? Like, what do you like watching Draymond play defense? It's easy to ask what I don't like. <laughs> what don't you like? Almost nothing. <laughs> 
<laughs> nah, I just think, man, <laughs> Draymond, like, he just, a, he he does what it takes to win, man. Like, if he got to sacrifice his body, we know he'll do that. But it goes beyond that with Draymond. Like, he sets, he sets everybody else up for success because he will cover their mistakes, it's not a lot of guys that can cover everybody's mistake. He allows a poor defender in Steph Curry to go out there and literally just play the passing lane without the team dying because of it. You know, like that's 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 when you know a guy can really just like he just could just transform the game for you defensively. Like, your worst defender, you can literally sit him out there and say, don't do nothing but go for steals. And and literally, they able to do that because Draymond makes up on the back end of it. And he holds them to that standard. He holds them to that standard. If you're going to be out here, you better do your job. Yeah, and I mean, he turned Wiggins into a good defender. Yeah, I mean, he unlocked, like, that's similar to the Patrick Beverly effect. He unlocked a, a, a secret sauce to uh, Andrew Wiggins that we didn't know Wiggs was capable of. You couldn't have convinced me Andrew Wiggins knew how to play defense after we watched James Harden intentionally pick on him for an entire playoff series, and it was like scary to watch because it's like, dude, you so terrified of getting being the one called out for the switch that you leaving him wide open for threes to now it's like he's offended if you go at him, which I love. Like, yes, take that pride. Yeah, and <laughs> God, what a defensive player. But again, just just too short on the games for me. I think he's been incredible this year. Just like I think Bam's been incredible, why he's my second team center. Um, just can do everything. Like I, we've talked about Bam enough. Who's your second team center, JD, to close out the podcast? Um. It was hard to choose if this guy was playing center or not. Um, but I only chose him because Steven Adams and Jared Allen primarily play centers for their team. But this guy, his center was gone. So he played a lot of center. And I mean, a block and a half and a steal and a half is something hard to ignore. So I went Giannis. Um, you know, it's probably cheating, but I'll allow it. <laughs> I mean, I thought it could have been, but I was like, it's different than what you did. Okay, so for those that don't know, I tried to have Mikhail Bridges on as a guard, um, and JD. Blocked me like Matumbo, or blocked me like Jaron Jackson for a better comparison. Um, I think Jaron Jackson would have been an acceptable five. 
I didn't put him on the five because I wanted to sneak him on the first team, but I think he would have been fine as a five. I was gonna put him. I was gonna put him there, but I was like, um, we know Stephen Adams is day five, so I can't not not Stephen Adams there because I want to put Jan Jackson on the right. list. And Giannis, like, he was a tough cut from my all defense team because he's been defensive player of the year worthy and I mean we you saw JD the blocks he's had in clutch time like the one he had against the Sixers last week in particular where he blocked yeah he he was like on the ground damn near and he jumps out of nowhere to block Embiid right that's defensive player of the year type of stuff but their defense has just been average for me and yeah they defense they defense haven't been elite but it's not Giannis's fault. It's the team is built too Brook dependent and they didn't have like a suitable replacement for him. And now he's back and they're they, coincidentally, they look awesome since he came back. But Giannis, that's, that's not a bad choice. That's the good. That's the thing about these defense teams, JD. I, I'd be curious to hear if you, if you agree with me on this, I think there needs to be a third all defense team. There's so many great it, defenders in the league this right season, now. Yeah. Like and defense is so hard. These guys deserve just as much recognition as the offense players do. Like <laughs> it's tough because there's Jared Vanderbilt deserved love. Um, Giannis deserved love from me. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr. Deserved love from you. But at the same time, you can't, I can't be mad at you for not having Jaron on your team because there's been so many great defenders this year. There's been a glut of great defenders. It pained me in my soul, JD, to not have a Raptor on this list. Do you understand how much it hurts that I have Fred Van Vliet on my all defense team? But I, I had to do it. I had to do it, you know, because I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 40. Um, no, that's, <laughs> I think there needs to be three all defense teams, but <sighs> JD, just like real quick. Would you have liked to have done a third all-defense team this year? This team, yeah. This year, yeah, because, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr., Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Jalen Brown. Jared um, Vanderbilt. Um, Vanderbilt. Van Vliet. Um, See, Ockham. Scotty Barnes, Io. Um, Io. Um, if it wasn't for injuries, Caruso and Lonzo. Um, hell, it, it's a couple, man. Luke Dort. I mean, yeah, the Thunder have a top like twenty defense, which is crazy. But Covington, regardless of where he been. And the fact that there's no uh the fact that there's no I'm trying to the fact that there's no Clippers on this list is crazy because they are a top ten defense. But the Clippers last year kind of like the Lakers or the Clippers this year kind of like the Lakers last year. You remember the Lakers last year were the best defense in the league, but they had nobody make all defense. Yeah. Part like, of it is I mean the Clippers just been hurt. You can't like we just gotta say great team defense because n- not one person just carried that load this year. And also the person who I would have given all defense on their team to got traded at the deadline in Eric Bledsoe. 
So another factor of it too. Um, any other like awards thoughts, Shady, before we close for this week? Can't wait to do all all NBA. I, I, I'm I'm excited for that one just because that, I know that one we agreed more than I expected on this one, so I know the next one is full of disagreements. And we got to do MVP too. We got to work out some kind of availability. See if me, you, and Caleb can get together to do all NBA. That would be wild. Yeah. Especially with my new teaching schedule. Of course. Well, we'll have to see if we can't work that out. But JD, um, what do we got coming up on Facts and Sats? Uh, ironically, I don't have not one thing just set in stone because I'm I'm working on a lot and I'm trying to do so much as far as it go. Um it's all about a matter of timing right now, just when and what I'm going to release first. Yeah, I got to get you. I'm going to um, send you that episode so you'll have one to publish very soon. But make sure you check out Facts and Stats. Make sure you check out Linsanity. Um, the championship games tomorrow, make sure you listen to Linsanity. They'll also be doing um, the NFL offseason recap as well. So that's going to be an action-packed episode, JD. I mean, no one's going to want to miss that. And then Circle City Cinema. Um, Zach is in the lab. I'm sure he's cooking up something. Um, JD, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Oh, man. Come on, man. You know, I enjoy this. I enjoyed it, too. And I want to thank you all for listening. 